0: Welcome to the, hi there, welcome to the YBNB show and uh, hi Ollie, lovely to see you, thanks very much for joining us. Um, those of you who follow us um, and have been following us for a while, quite a lot of you now will know that I do this live Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Mondays we talk about all things to do with the body and uh, Wednesdays we talk about mindset, Fridays we talk about business. And... Um, Sometimes I'm lucky enough to have a guest who will help me talk about different aspects of business. And today I'm really happy that I've got Ollie on. I've known Ollie for quite a few years now. And it's funny how we met actually, but that's another story. won't take up the time. But uh, we we, uh, came face to face at a conference very quickly amidst thousands of people. And the funny thing was we were due to have dinner together that night, I think, without knowing it. Um, but anyway, so Ollie has had a very successful business career. He's actually been one of the speakers on my YBNB cohort before. And um, I always replay his talk because he said such great things about uh, uh, innovation. There was lots of lessons from the, the talk that he did for, for us, even though it was only about half an hour long. It was very, very useful and uh, lots of lessons. So I wanted to bring you back on. So so pleased to have you on, Ollie, because I know how busy you are with your new venture. And... Uh, Yeah, I thought that we could, one of the the things that we could talk about, besides, you know, wherever we sort of want to take it with regard to lessons from your business history, but to talk about disruption, because um, you were in what would uh, have been considered to be a fairly sort of ordinary um, industry, and you came up with something quite extraordinary, which uh, propelled the business forward. So, um, yeah, so tell us a little bit about your business history, first of all, and then we'll, we'll carry on into disruption.
1: Yeah, so we uh, built a business um, from around 2000, 2001. I was one of the um, co-founders at that. And we got involved with specialist cleaning, um, particular products that we could package, uh, sell to the LHS and other um, health um or, or landed up going global um, in the end. Um, but... Yeah, it was, a, it was a great business, um, but we were always looking how we could be cutting edge, different, bringing innovation, the latest uh, tech into it, into what really was quite traditional, quite conservative in- industries. We, we injected a lot of pace into it, a lot of ideas and innovative. Um, that, was, that, was, that was key. But it was also how we did it in terms of we were always brave. We, 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 we had a discipline, if we felt that we, we could do something um, and do it well, we wouldn't be beige around the marketing, we'd mm. go out there, we, we'd create a real sort of atmosphere, a real um, height of um, excitement around what we were doing, and that
0: was constant. And to give people context, Ollie, tell um, people you know what the business was because you see what you've just said. Even that sounds sort of exciting, cutting edge. So but we, we had
1: we start. had a number of we had a, a lot of different businesses under one roof, um, and we had a, a, a healthcare um, laundry, which sold to uh, private and the NHS uh, laundry contracts with the with uh, hospital different hospital groups in the NHS across. Uh, london the southeast we we also uh, had a product um that we had a worldwide patent on and we we, we sold it into the nhs that took a long time um, yeah. a lot of patience um but we, we we become very successful with that and then eventually um speaking to UKTI and other uh, people who have got interest in export we, we started exporting it around the world and it's I think it's, it's still selling across the world uh, today. It's a, a, a fantastic product there. Um, and also, it was a, a, a product that you sold into places. People wanted it. It was reoccurring in income, which is always important, particularly with disruption, but it gave you that cross-selling opportunity. So people who bought our product might then become a laundry uh, client at a later stage.
0: Well, this is what um, I, I loved about your your story because um you know obviously I know a bit more of the history of it because you explained it to us, but you yeah. know you started off with um, doing this sort of laundry service for um and it wasn't just sort of any old laundry, you know, it was that you were washing things where there could not be contaminate contamination right. and um, and then you discovered this sort of coating for curtains around hospital beds and you had to get a patent for it and everything. and what I really loved about the story was that the way that you, achieve that and number one it was disruptive because no one else had done it but secondly you achieved it through not standing although you did you did do this as well but not standing in a, um, a lab with white coats sort of doing quite research you were actually asking you were constantly asking we were, probing, we were constantly like. probing that's
1: right yeah. we, we were asking um how could we do it better how could we improve so a big question for us at the time was this is all around the time when Hospital acquired infections were going through the roof, things like MRSA, C. diff, norovirus, all things like that. And as entrepreneurs, you're always looking to solve problems. Mm. Look at something, and you think, okay, there's a, a service that exists for that, but what could we do? What could we come up with that could create a better solution for everyone? Less deaths, less uh, bad publicity for the NH. You know, it went on and on and on and on. And mm. we become masters at it. We really did. And we become sort of obsessed. Like most of entrepreneurs really get obsessed with pick things. Mm. We did. But we matched what was key with us. We matched all of that knowledge, all of what we wanted to do, the rollouts, with enthusiasm with the marketing. So we went completely crazy with the marketing. And I was just saying to you, if you've got a product, if you've got a service and you feel that someone's going to benefit from it, there's going to be a whole market out there that you can disrupt a market which is inefficient. Inefficient markets where you go, right, look at that. And they're everywhere.
2: Mm. This whole
1: economy at the moment, particularly post COVID, is full of industries which need disruption. Disrupting. So, how, we, how can we come along and do it better? Don't hold yeah. back. Be, be, don't be bland, don't be beige with your marketing, go for it. You've got no, no issues. If you've got the right people and always remember, this is one of the most important things I learn, is you've got to constantly remind yourself that all you can do is your best and being at peace with that. right, mm-hmm. It's the most effective strategy I've encountered and lots of other uh, uh, entrepreneurs have encountered for avoiding fear, worry and over, over uh, thinking something
0: so Ollie we'll that talk about that
1: is a killer procrastination we're, we're, is a killer
0: yeah we'll talk about that in a bit more in a minute but but one of the things that um I I think really is helpful what you did and and, and what helps people to do this is to see some businesses have so, become so and business owners as well become so insular they're constantly looking inside you know about what they're doing and who said what and how you know And what they forget is the client. And what I loved about your story is that you spent so much time looking outwards. You know, what's the problem? How can we resolve it? Um, And then when you think you hit on something, that's when you did all of your marketing. So you used so much. I know you've got another business now, which is about R&D, actually, because you're so passionate about it. But you did so much uh, research and then you did your marketing. So I think that's tip number one for people is to don't be so into your look outside because... That's where Wait the answers are. Yeah. If we
1: could sit here now, Angela, between us and the next half an hour, come up with industries and products and services. We could invent or, 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 or define and come up with ideas where we're going to disrupt and we'd be winners. After about, you know, maybe a year or so of, of of putting things into place, they would work. We could come up with we could come up with 10 in the next mm. hour. Yeah.
2: Probably.
1: But there's four. I would say there's four or five disciplines to disruption, and these are often overlooked. The first one is you've got to define disruption. Identify and understand what you're disrupting and who will benefit from it. Mm. You've got to be clear on that, because if you don't define it, you know, it's it's a bit of a buzzword at the moment, Angela. Everyone wants to be a uh, disruptor. Everyone wants to go in and, and be with this latest tech or latest tech. But if you don't define what you're trying to do and what, what problems you're trying to solve and who's going to benefit from it, it's, it's, not, going to ha- it's not going to work.
0: No. So, so you've got to know who you because you can't start marketing until you know who you're marketing to and what it is you're saying that's different. You know, so you're, you're, your target client and your USP. So, you know, so why are you, you call it disruption. Disruption, what would you say disruption is? It's just changing the way things are done, improving the way things are done.
1: Yeah, so you ask you ask uh, 10 entrepreneurs, you're going to get 10 different answers. Yeah. But, but disruption, and, and for some people, some entrepreneurs will say, well, uh, disruption for me, I built this thing, a piece of tech, and I sold it for £200 million at uh, a £200 million valuation. They they think that disruption is a to uh, money. It's not. It's making improvements. It's bringing... Bringing goods and services, products into a marketplace where you're improving the efficiencies of old, you know, out of out of out of um, fashion, out of uh, old old industries that that need disrupting, and yeah. you're improving improving the the life and well-being uh, of the people you're selling to, your customers, and that's the prime reason. That's the motivation.
0: So number one is the definition of it. So you're defining it, and then number two. I hope people got pens, by the way, and taking notes. Yeah, number
1: on this? Two, Number two, and this is this is key. You've got to understand your client. You've got to understand the client and the marketplace. Mm. Who and why do customers buy from you? Why do they buy from you? If you might be in one of these uh, traditional widgets, you might be respond. You might be one of these staid conservative um, businesses that aren't, you know, have always looked, as you say, inwards, Mm. trying to make internal efficiencies, make things move better, but not understanding what goes on in the client's head. And that's that's crucial.
2: Mm.
1: You know, you can make some some changes, but you've got to understand why your products sell. Why do customers, why are customers motivated to buy? And what would make them buy more? And how do you
0: find that out?
1: Talking having a really good team around you who constantly talk, listen, listen, talk, ask the right questions, attending every, 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 I used to say to our sales guys, always be listening. God gave you two ears, one one mouth. There's a reason for that. Mm. And you've got to, you've got to, you've got to take that in. The um, third thing on disruption is ensure you have sufficient resources. And that's not just money. That's the obvious people think, Oh, you know, you to be you need uh, millions and millions of pounds to, to disrupt properly. Not always. You need a good team, you need people and money. Money, the, the three things are important: time, people, money. And people is the most important valuable resource to any organization, particularly a startup or a small organization looking to scale quickly. Mm. People and surrounding yourself with the right people.
0: You don't necessarily have to um, employ those people, they can be part of a peer group, they can be consultants, you can outsource things, because you know there might be some people listening who are saying well that's all very well but you know I've just like lost my job, I've got an idea but how am I going to move it forward, I don't have people or money, but you don't have to employ them do you? No, you know this, we've
1: uh, started Startup to Stand Up, it's a peer-to-peer mentoring group for entrepreneurs, and what i was speaking to uh, gary and harry yesterday, my two uh, partners in that and i'm sort of so impressed they are... we, we haven't pushed anything but these people being entrepreneurs naturally inquisitive asking questions they're doing different collaborations this one's doing that one with this that one's doing that over there with
0: that and the power and we, the power of uh, collaboration and networking it's, it's amazing <laughs> people have networks that they don't even realise are such an asset to them because yeah. it's not like you don't have to ask favours. It's just about, oh, I'm trying to do this. It's letting people know and then seeing if they know someone who knows someone who might be interested. So anyway, so that's number three. I just wanted to clear that way in case I don't want people thinking, oh, well, you've got to have loads of money and people because you haven't. It's your network around you, yeah. So number
1: three. And I'm sorry, the other thing surrounding that, and what we're finding as well is with founders... And particularly if they they're in a rush, they think it's all about the investment, mm. and they get the investment in.
0: Yeah, I know. So more
1: besides that. that, that is that's part of it, but it's not the be all and end all.
0: And it doesn't have to be either. I mean, enough. you know, lots and lots of businesses they start up. You know, they just basically they bootstrap it, as we call it, bootstrap. They don't get yeah. any outside investment in for ages. So um, you certainly don't need that. Yeah. Okay. Good. So, so that's.
1: Is understand your limitations, right? And the limitations that you just touched upon it. You know, people, we haven't got millions of pounds to in an investment pot to to spend on this. But work on the key strengths. What are the strengths? Mm. Now the weaknesses will be there. You can try and um, work on them. Work on them strengths. Don't get too preoccupied. Don't allow them weaknesses to stop you, hold you back, Mm. and and. Action and implementation is always the key thing. You've got to to always be moving and move reasonably quickly. And with the right team, and if you belong to groups like uh, Your Body Means Business, Startup to Stand Up, there's always going to be people within them organisations you can talk to, share ideas, bounce ideas off. I wish 20 years ago there was groups like Vistage or uh, Startup to Stand Up or... What you're doing with uh, your body means business because I think our journey would have been a lot quicker. Mm. I think maybe you'd have made less mistakes. There would have been um, you the, the sort of bolder decisions, the stuff you 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 put back, you'd have you'd have um, implemented quicker, for sure, absolutely for sure. And it's mm. and it's also not working in the business; it's working on the business, which is a key point. Yeah. Too many people, they get obsessed and become that salesperson. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. Or that accounts, you know, that working in the accounts it's fine. But you've got to have a vision. You've got to have a vision and you've got to have a perspective of where the business is and where you want it to go. Mm-hmm. Because without yeah. that...
0: There's a great to... book on that, actually, The E-Myth, people, or if they're thinking about um, setting up a structure, The E-Myth or The E-Myth re- Revisited by Michael Gerber is a really great book yeah. to read on that. Okay, and then was there another point?
1: Um, not on the uh, disruption uh, card. Oh, th- yeah, the fifth one is yeah. really when you've got everything, if, once you're happy with it, you know, you, you might be relying on patents and you've got to take advice when you can launch a product or you, and you've got to listen to your patent attorneys on that. But once you're in a position where you want to launch, You've got to keep testing the product and service. You've got to keep testing, 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 testing. Yeah. But don't hide it under a bushel. Be be proud of proud of what you've done and always promote. Always be promoting. And as I say, be be brave um, in your marketing. And, and, and you know, you can see marketers over the over the years. There's been some fantastic marketing campaigns, and there's been less so.
0: When you say brave, do you, I mean, do you mean sort of like in these days, does that mean doing lots of lives or uh, just volume or does it mean spending money on marketing? What sorts of things?
1: I mean content. Yeah. So if you have got something which um, is a a disruption and it's going to really affect um, an industry or a, a sector and, you know, for instance, with, with what we did, uh, we knew that ultimately, for instance, our curtains, they, they could be could make um, the workings of the hospital a lot more efficient. Mm. So we got stats from that. And every opportunity we had, we put the stats out there. We ruled them off. We went to trade shows. We went everywhere. Yeah, we Too much, but always made sure that the USPs were out there and and, and, and you know, they were fully explained and articulated well.
0: Well you were, um, I think uh, one of the things that you said before is about being uh, really outland- outlandish with your, um, with your elevator pitch, so rather than when someone says what do you do, rather than sort of going into the detail of, you know, the details of the course or the details of the curtain or whatever your strapline was, we save lives, but which is an outlandish claim. However, you then had all the stats to back it up because you talk about yeah. the examples. And I think that's, that was a really key lesson is that, you know, if you're creating a marketing campaign, you've got to have that very, very powerful, um, you know, strap line, and then you can back it up. So, because people think, really? How, how on earth could you save lives? That's, you, you know, you make curtains, but hang on a minute, here's the stats. And I think then people really very quickly get it. And um, I, I really like that about what you said. One of the things that I um, uh, notice about you, Ollie, is that, um, you know, you're very high energy. Like you, obviously you are keen on... It doesn't last <laughs> long, I'll
1: be sleeping this afternoon.
0: <laughs> well, whenever I see you, you're obviously in that, that sort of uh, frame of mind. Because I, I met you at a conference, a marketing conference, actually, where you were, uh, yeah. you know, and I've seen you at a lot of events. You're always one of these, like, like me, always looking to learn and see what's out there and everything. So... Um, you know what? How what keeps you going like that? I mean, do you think? I'm just quite interested in your sort of day to day routine because a lot of what you say to you sounds quite easy. You know, it's doable. So when you're when you're that way inclined, you know, entrepreneurially minded, let's say, and I'm the same. Um, a lot of what we do and say um, can seem quite easy and obvious, but you know, for people that maybe either they've lost a business or they've lost a job or or maybe you know their industry has just stopped and they're thinking you know right this is my time now to go and do something else what shall I do um how do you um keep that level of energy and enthusiasm up because undoubtedly uh despite you know even if you follow everybody follows all of our advice our mutual advice um they will definitely have setbacks if not failures and um so how do you how do you sort of conduct yourself your mindset your routine your energy levels how do you do all that
1: my biggest um, motivation is to improve other people's lives.
0: Right, that's, that's you're thinking about other people again, outside, not inside.
1: Yeah. So it's it's all about that. Some entrepreneurs um, are motivated by, you know, Lamborghinis, um, houses in the south of France, which is all good, mm. but means little. Um, and I think the. Now, you, if you build in businesses, they've got to have a very uh, big sense of what's the purpose of the business, what are our, our values of the business, and I think it, that's got to come from the top down. Okay, so if, if, if the top down are saying we want to not only improve the lives of everyone who works for us, what do you want out, out of this, um, and, and, and try and get there get mm. achieve the results from but what do the clients want what do the customers want what are customers in that industry at the moment being deprived of how can we improve now if, if you if you think like that and you think that you want you're constantly striving to improve the lives of, of consumers and your staff and everyone around you that is the big motivator it's a how responsibility those... grey hair
0: yeah I was gonna say how do you go back to that thought though When, um, you know, when you get all these inevitable aggravations and issues, which I know you, you know, you had to defend your patent. You were going here and there around the world. You know, you had a big... It's all
1: about surrounding yourself with the right people. Mm. Um, And something which we did um, to a degree, but we didn't do it enough, is the right balance, the right team. Yeah. Um, And I've recently got involved with a business called the GC Index. I don't know if you've come across them, Angela. No. So it's it's like a psychometric test. It's all about who's in your team? What, mm. what are they? And there's basically five characters in any successful um, organisation or in a, in a business team. There's a game changer. There's an implementer. There's a strategist, uh, a polisher, and a people maker. So if you get... The team together and you understand what motivates them and what they like doing and where they fit into them five categories you're not going to go too far wrong.
0: Yeah I have heard so that concept actually with they call them different things like you know sometimes they'll call them stars and creators and um, and there was a book that I was reading just recently and it was called Surrounded by Idiots and it, but it was talking about have you said have you read that book where it's you know you're a blue a red a yellow or a green and you know each one of those types of people because we're all a type every we just can't understand sometimes why people do what they do and it's about behaviors and I think that's what I mean about always learning because the more awareness you get um, because at the end every single business boils down to your understanding and ability to work with people I think it doesn't matter what it is what service because the end user is a person you know anybody who's helping you as a person and understanding uh, human behavior and also understanding your own human behavior and what motivates you to the more I learn the more I experience the more I believe that that is a key factor in um, business success and, uh, and bravery doesn't have to be gung-ho I just don't care what happens it just has to be um, like a, a real uh, belief that you're doing the right thing and a belief in yourself and the people around you as well
1: absolutely and um, with the R&D business uh, before lockdown we were going into on average five or six businesses a week um, and it's weird because I always look at I'm going into a business and you look around and you can almost gauge the temperature of their culture, the atmosphere in that business mm-hmm. and you walk into some business and think wow this is brilliant I could work here or I could, be, I could build on this or this is something I would try and replicate because everyone's happy, they're all pulling, you can see them all pulling in the same direction. There's, there's a positive aura. And then you walk out of there and you go to a business down the road, and it's like, you, you just feel that the atmosphere is completely off. Mm. Um, and, and not many, once you've got that team, once you've built that team and you're satisfied that you've got them five characters working and working well, the culture of a, any business, a successful business, needs to be positive. I don't know many uh, businesses that have really strived uh, and done exceptionally well where the, the, the culture's negative or off.
0: And, like you say, that's got to come from the top down. And so that starts with the individual themselves. That starts with the individual who starts the business or the team, you know, the uh, being exactly like that. Big
1: advocates, you can't be there all the time. Yeah. Can't be. I remember coming into your business probably um, seven or eight years ago. um, Your office, the atmosphere was electric,
2: Mm.
1: you know, and that doesn't happen overnight, Angela. You know, you know that you've taken a long time to create that, yeah, build that, and making sure you've got the right people to um, accelerate that, you know, and 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 when you go off for your two weeks holiday or whenever in the summer. That that doesn't that atmosphere doesn't drop through the floor, you know. Mm. You, that, it's difficult.
0: But what do you think now? We're all uh, working more remotely. I mean, do you think that the same thing can be achieved with a remote team? Uh, What's your thoughts on that?
1: Well, I spoke to in, in within um, our business group. Um, we've got this white, uh, very clever CEO. his founder. Brilliant, brilliant guy. And what you well, he said, he's <laughs> He did struggle when uh, the first lockdown, he noticed people's heads going down mm. and they were busy, busy business and they're doing extremely well. And um, they're, they're scaling like you wouldn't believe their, their trajectory is so positive mm. it's, and they're, they're smashing all targets. And this guy's really busy. And I said to him, what did you do? What did you do to correct that? When well, you see people's heads, he said, very simple. He said, I put a line from the diary, 11 o'clock on Friday. He's got, I think he's got 30 staff. Mm. And he would ring every one of them staff on a Friday and have a 20-minute to a half-an-hour conversation. But it wouldn't be about work. It would be mm. about, hey, how are you? Is, 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 is you know, your partner okay? Your kid's okay or whatever? Um, what are you doing the weekend? You're keeping busy? You're keeping up with it? You know, how's the exercise going kind of? all of them things and he said initially it was like quite hard but once it got into the second or third or fourth time and he, he said the the transformation you know he could have left that alone he, he, he could have chose to ignore that people's heads were dropping mm. and, and things were, were you know on the on the down uh downturn but he he, he, he did something about it he didn't know it was going to work but it's worked brilliantly. You got you got to watch and listen to people
0: like that. And, yeah, yeah, you know. definitely. I mean, um, so people who maybe people are listening to us now, and they you know getting back to the disruption side, then um, they uh, maybe have an idea. They found an idea. They want to get going. They're not quite sure. Would you give them some sort of like pointers? If you had someone in your your you know your your start startup stand up group, and they had an idea but they wanted to get going now? but, you know, cautious about investment, cautious about the future. I mean, what would you say? Would you say, um, well, I won't put words into your mouth, what would be your top tips?
1: You've got to look at this. You've got to look at them as individuals. Yeah. You That's number one. So what you don't want is to encourage, basically, square pegs into round holes. They're not cut out. You got, you'd ask a series of questions, And if from the response, that response you gauge whether they're they're right or not, and we've learned,
0: and a lot of people are not, and it's no, there's no um, sort of shame in not being not being cut out to be an entrepreneur because it it can be regarded as quite trendy, and actually you can do amazing things, can't you, as a an insider like a number two or most entrepreneurs do need, you know, a number two and a number three who are going to help them push everything forward. No shame, no
1: no shame at all, and. If it means, even if it means that they don't, they, they might want to bring other people in. Yeah. You know, people who may fit that type of uh, person who, who will build the team, who will create the uh, culture, who will, you know, drive the investment or, or whatever it is to um, make, get the, the built, uh, business off the floor, get moving, get sufficient traction. That it's it's going to be moving in the right direction.
0: So find those collaborators, you know, those other types of personalities, you know, find some people yeah. like that to, yeah.
1: A- absolutely because I, I did the GC index no surprise I, I scored very highly on the, the game changer um, but game changers are not necessarily the best people to, um, you know be quite headstrong mm. and they can upset people because mm. they've become obsessive, um, and you need a mix. Yeah, but there's no point in in, in an entrepreneur coming to us and saying, you know, this is the idea. When they need, you need more than anything else. You need persistence, and if they're not showing any feeling for persistence, or they you know they're, they're they're flirting, for instance, with going back into employment you know, because that might, which is fine. There's no, there's no shame in that, as you say. You've got to to try and work out if they're in it for the long run, if their heart's in it. Mm. Um, Because what you don't want is people going off, um, spending their inheritance or their savings and it being a complete waste of time and money. Um, And
0: and how long, I mean, this is how long is a piece of string type question, but you know, some people have said this to me, how long does it take to start a business, I'm just going to plug my laptop in, but how long does it take? What would you say? I mean, how long, you know, if you're starting a business from scratch, and I know you've done that quite a few times, should you well, see the seeds of um, success pretty quickly? I
1: always look at the, um, the, the typical business cycle, and the business cycle is typically seven years. Yeah. So you get, you get, you get, you get, in, you're all, all passionate, you're, you're getting the product out there um, you start getting to year three when you're employing people, things aren't growing as quickly as as, as you would like, but there's security, there. there's obviously money there, there's, there's reoccurring income, there may be contracts in place, mm. but year seven that's that always comes up as the major, major resistance point. That's the point where, well, this is getting too much. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. I've got to um, mortgage mortgage the house again to get to that level of um, investment. I need to develop this particular product. That's mm-hmm. where it really becomes, you know, a lot of people give up year seven. It's, it's, it's crazy that, that business cycle. It's like the 80-20 rule.
2: Yeah,
1: it always always watch that business cycle. you go on the internet and look at the the, the business. It's typically once seven years, and if you can break that year seven resistance um, level, you're you're onto something. Yeah, and you can some come money? out there. Yeah, and not go backwards or plateau, then you can keep going up in that positive trajectory. That's and also that's what investors are looking at.
0: Yeah. Mm. it's so true actually because um one of the things tony robbins says which I, I love that phrase he says um that most people overestimate what they can do in a year but underestimate what they can do in a decade yeah and so you really when you start this business um you are in it for the the long haul really a bit like a, a marriage they talk about seven year itches must be something similar they also talk about bodies regenerate in their entirety every seven years there's something about that number seven um
1: it's a key number That yeah. seven. So, um, I've, had it, I've had it in businesses I've uh, founded seven year was, was and you might be doing really well, year six but you know you've, uh, you've started plan yourself um, and all of these things and you start to see that year seven it's always you've got to prepare for it um, yeah
0: very interesting hmm. uh, because if you look at um, ec- economic cycles they're about ten years aren't they um, but it might be something to do with that as well um, so really what, when we when we end up sort of concluding, talking through your experiences, my experiences, and obviously you've seen a tonne of businesses through your your groups that you belong to and that you've started, and so have I. Um, you, uh, if Still, we're concluding in the end. It's about personality types. You're understanding yourself and getting the right people around you. It's about being patient and going in it, you know, knowing that it's gonna be the long haul really. It's not gonna be overnight, very, very rarely is um any other any final
1: yeah the the uh, being um understanding yourself and as pointed out earlier the limitations yeah strengths and weaknesses defining that disruption understanding your clients who who, what lives what what if i launch this what am i improving
2: yeah
1: and if, if it's just about improving your bank balance maybe you should be looking in other areas if that's what the motivation is, that's not always the, the motivation because good under good entrepreneurs understand that they want to make a, a key difference. They're not – money is a huge motivational factor, but it's not necessarily the, the be-all and end-all. Um, the team, yeah, it's, it's a load of different things. It's, it's discipline and don't always be seduced. Because you pick up the papers or look, go go through LinkedIn, you see so many founders who are doing well at the moment because it's exceptional MA activity and they're they're attracting great multiples and and and, and you know businesses which are, have barely been uh, around for two or three years, mm. selling for hundreds of millions of pounds um, and attracting huge investment. Mm. Don't be um, sort of don't be seduced by all of that because it's hard work. Someone's had to take a personal risk, a guarantee, or, or whatever it is to get that, that moving.
0: Um,
1: well, I think you know you
0: look, at, you look at the numbers. I mean, um, you look at the numbers just last year, the last rolling twelve months of seven hundred and something thousand businesses started, and almost five hundred thousand businesses closed. That's you know, so a lot of businesses close in the in the first year as well because of these things. So hopefully. Um, if people just give this a bit of thought up front. Um, and I suppose the other thing, you know, adding on to your sort of point about, it's, uh, you need to give it time. Um, you know, we're all living longer. This is uh, one of the key under, underpinning things of uh, Your Body Means Business is that we are, you know, we are, we can age backwards. This is not necessarily about aesthetics and how we look, but actually internally, our bio, bio, biology can be improved and biohacked to the point where um, we can at least stay where we are in terms of sort of our, the aging of our body and we can certainly go backwards. And the theory and the science now is saying that we ought to, accidents and illnesses aside, be able to live to 156, can you believe? And you know, all the cutting edge scientists are, are concluding on this. So if that's the case, that means we're gonna have a bloody long time to run some businesses. And it means therefore that we can, we can all sort of take our time and calm down a bit. You know, we don't have to be in this massive rush of attracting investment just this year. Um, and it might take five or seven or 10 years. And, you know, like I'm 58, you know, I, could, I might have another at least 50 years. Um, I don't know about you, Ollie, you're about 20, 21, I guess. So, you know, the same with you, you'll have about another hundred or so years left so there's many businesses, and I suppose maybe we could end at that point, is you can do a lot of different businesses. You can jump from industry to industry to industry. I can't
1: believe you're 58, you just shot me.
0: 59s, you know, in, in, uh, in the summer. And, um, you you know, you can do so much with your body and your sort of whole mm. back aging and, and, you know, I'm stronger and fitter than I've, than I've ever been. and um, And it's just by doing sort of the basics that we all know to do, but having the mindset to be consistent and then and staying calm, and when you stay calm, you can do a lot of things business wise. And, um, and you've done that because you have moved, you know, radically different industries. So maybe we'll just finish off on that because you had the, um, the business that you ran for quite a length of time and you built it and you exited it very successfully. And, you know, it was sort of the innovative type business. And now you've got uh, this, this group Startup to Stand Up, uh, which is, is very helpful sort of peer group uh, opportunity for anybody who needs that, who's starting up their business. But you've also got this R and D business as well, haven't you? Yeah, and the the
1: R and D business and start to stand up. It's all looking at my career as an entrepreneur and thinking, well, I could have done with a start to stand up. It's yeah, back, giving back. <clears throat> and um, the R and D business is the same. It's because I think. The stat is that um, something like four in ten business owners don't know anything about R&D um, tax benefits, uh, tax credits. And when um, they do know, they don't. They, they, they think to themselves, "We haven't got a, a laboratory. We don't run around in white coats. We're not produ- producing a COVID vaccine, so we won't qualify." But it's amazing how much there is, how many businesses who qualify don't claim so we have a great a lot of delight when we go into businesses and we go you you know you are eligible and Mm. there's some value there that's Mm. what that always puts a smile on my face and i I love
0: i know what this what this demonstrates is the government does need innovation innovative businesses it needs entrepreneurs it encourages all of this activity so um, i suppose that's how we could end it really is that you know, if you feel that there is um, half a half a chance that you've got an idea and you can make it work and you really care about making it work and you care about the potential clients that you might have and you think that you can give an opportunity to other people to come along for the ride with you, then I would definitely say go go for it. There's all, obviously there's loads of challenges and Ollie, Ollie and I decided that we wouldn't do a miserable, you know, tier four, oh my God, this can go wrong and that can go wrong, but suffice to say, of course it can. <laughs> um, Of course it can, you know, but you have to stay, I think, physically and mentally strong. That's That's
1: why why you've created um, your body means business. Exactly. Peer-to-peer business groups. Yeah. I've been a member of Vistage now since uh, 2016, five years. And I've worked out that my return on investment over the years has been 10 times.
0: Well, my brother Paul says the same. He says, you know, he's really had so much benefit from it because... Mm -hmm. You know, you just have these this sounding board, and um, sometimes you can come away with great ideas. Other other times, you come away thinking, "Oh, well, maybe I do know what I'm talking about about there." You know, so it's it can reassure you, can't it?
1: You think about group sessions, um, Angela, that start to stand up, where you you may have um, ten people in the in the room, and you've got. Business owners are very, you know, varying different degrees of um, maturity. Some have just started their businesses. Some have been running five years. Some <clears throat> may be older than 15 years' time, but need to find a, a, a refocus, recalibrate. Yeah. And they're, they're all sitting there. And you've got me, Gary, Gary, who's got lots of experience with tech startups. Harry is obviously. Harry on last
0: week. I have yeah. to get Harry on soon.
1: Yeah. Harry Yeah. this. Um, and they raise a question, which, you know, is really significant. It's been bearing down on them, and it's involving their business or their staff or cash flow or marketing. And you've got someone sitting two down from them who goes, look, I did this three years ago. I had the same issue. This this is what we did. This mm-hmm. is the results. This is how it worked. And guess what? If, if you want to have an offline chat after and and." I can come and sit down with them. We can work for it. That's what happens, and that's really, really important. And it, you know, I look back in in our first that first seven years. We we spoke about a minute ago. That seventh year was really tough. Mm. If, if 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 I had belonged to a a peer, a peer to peer um, business group at that stage, it would have helped. It mm-hmm. would have helped break that resistance wall down quicker.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: And yeah. it's cathartic. You see. The best thing for me, and and Harry and Gary will share this with you, Andrew, Is someone comes with an issue like that, and then three months later they come back, or they might ring you and say, "Ollie, you know, you know, we had uh, started to stand up. We had that uh, board meeting, and I raised that issue, and uh, everyone come up with these different ideas. Harry took the points down, and he, he said, "These are your points of action. This is what you got to do. What are you going to do about it? And you know, all of this. So there's like. Um, the, 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 it's accountable you're going to be accountable for putting these improvements or these implementations into place and they come back and it's worked mm. something that could have you know killed their businesses or really really held them up it's worked and that for for me and i I'm, I'm, you're seeing that as well with um your, your body means business it's fantastic mm. that's, that's a big big plus for us
0: yeah well, you know, basically on that, on that note then, um, that's the other thing I'll say, no problem is an insurmountable problem. And- uh, problem Yeah, problem shared. Yeah, problem shared. And um, so uh, that's been really so helpful. Thanks, Oli, you know, and I think the other thing that, you know, when you, when you talk, um, it sort of makes it clear that, you know, there's no sort of big secret into um, how to be successful in business. It's all the things that we've heard, but you bring them all together, you do it consistently, You have your peer group and people that you can trust, that you can ask questions of. Um, That's what you provide with Startup to Stand Up. um, And you've sort of used it in different different ways to help other organisations. You can help anybody who's uh, interested. We'll we'll post the link here. Um, And from my perspective, you know, I think that uh, to really help you in your business as well, you've got to get your fundamentals right. You know, I talk about mindset, but really there's a series of exercises that I call the emotional gym. So I like to teach those. I like to teach people to to be physically fit. Um, And then we give them a sort of a blueprint for business. So the sorts of services that Ollie and I offer will give you an absolute um, head start If you're starting a business from scratch, if you're, you know, like you said, if you've got one that um, maybe is plateauing or you've got to change because of what's happened, then uh, either us can help you. We can both help you. We'll put the links in, but for now, um, Thanks so much, Ollie. I really appreciated talking to you. You're always great to talk to. I'm glad you got the memo about the tied up scarf around the neck that we all look matching, so that was good. And yeah,
1: uh, make sure. That was the first year I did this morning.
0: Absolutely, yeah. So, um, no, great to see you and uh, have a lovely... Who's the, So, give your team a plug in the background. Who's that then? Who's, who's the football team? That's, um, that? England. That's oh. an
1: England uh, jersey from around 2012, 2013. Nice. It's, there's, I think there's seven signatures on there of which I can only recognise three. Steven Gerrard, Ashley Cole, and I think uh, Fane Lampard. Uh, nice. As well. Yeah. That's an uh, Arsenal one there from um, about the same period.
0: So, oh, okay. So an Arsenal fan. I thought you were. I could see it was red, yeah. All right, brilliant. Well, have a lovely weekend. Anybody has got any questions, um, you'll, be, you'll be able to find Ollie on LinkedIn. So um, you can follow up with him, I'm sure, and ask him some questions. Join his group if you want to. And, uh, and you'll see the link to YBNB as well. So with that... Take care. Thanks, Angela. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.